Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today, our conversation is going to come from the question that sometimes I have heard non-believers to ask believers questions that I've had ask believers sometimes question ourselves. Sometimes we question our leaders in this fundamental issue. But you're telling me about a good God. You're telling me about a very wonderful Father. Why does he let evil to happen? to people. And especially with the people of the world, there's a justification that comes with who this evil should be to or not to. They say, why do bad things happen to good people? They said, this man was a good man. And then his friend plotted to kill him. The man was a good person. Then his friend, what? Killed him. So we have a question. Why did God allow this man to kill his friend? Why was an innocent man killed? See, fundamental question. This child did not have any crime in the world. Why would God let them die of a disease? Fundamental question. This woman was not responsible for whatever happened in her marriage. But you see, now she's dying as a consequence of the actions of her husband. God is not fair, so they say. So we blame God on what's fair and what's not fair. And then we don't take time to understand God and his mind behind whatever is happening. And today, I want in a few minutes to help you have another perspective about these questions and what we are supposed to do and answer not only to ourselves but to the world that is lost. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, the third verse, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And indeed, like I said, this message that you believe you attend every Thursday, every Sunday, you're reading devotionals every morning. It is a hidden mystery to certain people. Not everybody understands it. Not everyone understands the good news. And unfortunately, even for us who have received Jesus Christ, not many of us have come to the full understanding of what we have in Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to blame you for that because 
foundationally, we're all taught differently. We're revealed differently. We are shown differently. We all have our foundations. Some of you began from churches that were teaching differently. And now you're trying to adjust yourself and to wash your thinking and construct yourself right because of the foundation that was given you and the lies or deception that you've believed over the years concerning the truth, what we call the truth. And to know that you are living in deception is because what you assumed was the truth was not setting you free. But we still have people who are on a journey dealing with different issues that are not yet fixed. And some of these things have taken so long. I believed you, Jesus, for a healing for a long time. I have confessed and prayed. My diabetes won't leave. Confessed and prayed. My heart is hurting every day. Confessed and prayed. My marriage is not changed. I have confessed and prayed, but this is not changing. And testify to my friends that I quit smoking. Now I'm back to the cigarette. You know, so there's questions fundamentally. Or am I to accept it to say, oh, you know, this is the way of the Lord and this is how he has met me and I just need to go this way or do I keep fighting? Some give up and say, you know, I'm dead. God, I've fought where I can and I'm worn out. You know, some accept defeat and they die. Some still fight through. But the questions linger. My finances are not fixed. What am I missing? Why isn't this happening the way I expected to? You see what I'm saying? And you're right to ask those questions. The issue is that you need the right answer because you might get the wrong answer. So in Corinthians, Paul says, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them which are lost. There's a possibility of what you think you're understanding right now, what you think I'm teaching you and you are interpreting right, to be found so hidden from another individual. As a pastor, I have been dismayed. I have broken many times. When you teach for years, a concept, and you think somebody understood it. And then after some time, you discover they actually never understood it. It actually did not work in their lives. You're not blaming them. You're just saddened that it did not work. Because you expect that it should work because there are people who have heard the same message and it has worked for them. And even they can give examples and say, I think I saw this fellow go through this and I've seen it work for them. Why isn't it working for me? So he says, when we go to those who are lost, to whom the gospel is hid, the Bible says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Not may shine upon them, not could shine upon them, not will shine upon them, it should. There's a defined command. But once the gospel comes upon you, it should shine on you. That means it should show its fruit or effect on your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he says, he has introduced us to a very important word for us to examine here. The God of this world has blinded them very important aspect to discover, finally, for some of you. Who is the God of this world? Satan. 
Satan is the God of this world. So you hear believers saying, I don't believe that Satan is the God of this world. He didn't create it. He cannot beat God. That's ignorance. The Bible has said that Satan is the God of this world. And it is by the same power that he exerts to blind men from coming to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is in the image of God, so that they might have the deliverance, the answers, the breakthrough that they so desire to see in their personal lives. And Paul is telling us that the blindness you see that deters men from the light they should behold to be delivered is because there is a God, small g, who is in charge of this world. So you cannot say, oh, me, I don't believe that Satan is in charge of this world. I think God is in charge of this world. You must be very clear to understand what it means. And let me explain this. You remember in the creation story when God created man? Huh? He said, let us create, he said, man in our own image and likeness. And let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Let them have everything. And he created them male and female. And he gave them dominion. He says, replenish the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion. Take over it. This is who you are. That's the power that I've given you. You are the one in charge of the world. You see? You are the one in charge of the world. He blessed them and said, be fruitful. Multiply. But then, Adam and Eve fell. You remember? So in the fall of Adam and Eve, they are stripped of the glory of dominion to the earth or to the world. You understand? When Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit, they are stripped of that glory to have dominion over the earth, to subdue the world. It is taken to the devil. Remember, there is history that is not written in scripture, biblically, but the extra biblical texts have been written concerning that history and the Bible seems to agree with that history. For example, at one portion of scripture, the Bible says that the Lord did not create the earth in vain. That means, originally, when God set out to design the earth and how it should look like, Isaiah 45, he established it and created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. See, he formed it to be inhabited. That's how the earth was formed. It was created to be inhabited. When you go in Genesis, is the earth inhabitable at the state in which it is found? Answer me. No. The Bible says in the beginning, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the faces of the waters. That means the earth at that particular point 
when we get to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, here we find that the earth is without form. But Isaiah tells you, God did not create the earth without form. Here we find the earth full of darkness, inhabitable. But Isaiah tells you that was not so in the beginning. That means that there was a time frame in history, world history, where the earth was created perfect by God to be habitable. And then you remember the time where Satan falls? Huh? You remember the fall of Satan with a third of his angels? And then they fall in the world. What happens at that particular point? Him and his courts mess up the world. That's the history many people don't understand. In fact, Genesis is not the book that gives us the oldest account of life. The book that gives us the oldest account of life is John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. And nothing that was made was made without him. The Bible says in the next verse, all things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made. You see, so John actually goes before whatever you see made is made. You see? So much as in your Bible, Genesis is the first book, it does not bear the oldest record of life as we know it. John actually gives you the beginning. But you see, it takes a certain experience spiritually and a certain evolving in the mystery of the new birth for a man to have a perfect understanding of these things. So now John would write to you and tell you, the beginning was not when you read Genesis chapter 1 verses 1. The beginning was when the word existed even before anything existed and the same was with God. And it was God. And nothing without this person, the word, was made without him. For by him all things were. Now you understand why in Genesis, God said, Elohim, the plural, let us create. You mean say, I'm creating. Let us. You see? So, it is God the Father, Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit existent on the earth to execute what is being spoken. Are you following with me now? So, if you have understood this far, it means that the earth was created right, inhabitable. Then, Satan falls with his angels. They mess it up. And then, God has to rebuild it right before man comes in. That's where now you begin Genesis. You see? And then, he puts man in charge. There was nobody here, so I didn't need it. Now it's habitable. You're here to inhabit it. Take dominion over it. Now man what? Falls. And when man falls, he loses his what? Place of glory and power to dominate over the earth. Now, at the fall of man, many fundamental laws, spiritual, natural, and other ones, were frustrated and changed by Satan because the heart or the spirit of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy. 
many things as of elements, creatures, seasons, they were all changed and frustrated by the laws of the God of this world because he was in charge of this world. I'll give you a typical example. In the beginning, Adam coexisted with every animal. You see, a lion would not attack him. There was no place where he would say, okay, now lions are in this area and then Adam leave here because the lions will eat you up. No. That is why later, at the reconciliation of these things, the Bible says the lion will eat straw. You see, the lion will eat straw like the bullock. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he says, and the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. As a reconciled place, that's where we're going to the end of things. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, that little female Anopheles mosquito with its plasmodium was not meant to come and bite a human being and then the human being should suffer from malaria because God had not created a human being to be sick and he had not created an insect to make you sick. He had not set a tiger against you because you were its boss. You understand? He had not sent a jaguar against you because you were its boss. He would not set a bacteria or virus existent to be against you because you were in charge. Then the fall comes and then the God of this world takes charge and then he starts to frustrate certain laws, natural and spiritual, to turn things against mankind for our destruction. So now I think you know I began. God just didn't, you see? There was an involvement of man here. And there's a bigger part, or the biggest part of it, which is Satan. He's the one at work. God is not killing people. It is Satan killing people. Because he kills, steals, destroys. And they say, oh, so then why does he let them? No, he has given you a choice to say, I have refused this. But the question is, how do you set this out? How do we set this out? Because even after the fall, even Adam in his most fallen nature, that man could live for 900 years with a fallen body. So why do we see, for example, as the years evolve, humanity dies younger and younger and younger and younger. Why? Because we are disintegrated from the original knowledge, the truth of what is. We are far away from the truth every day. Because as we continue to teach and men continue to find their own ways, the Bible says the Spirit speaks expressly that in the last days, men shall teach doctrines of devils, even as the doctrines of Christ. They will give heed to seducing spirits and a little living, a little diversion what was pure is coagulated and your vision changes because you're seeing the wrong thing from how God designed it to be. And the far you are away from the truth, the more you start to give into deception, the more you start to take lies as true. And they kill your conception of faith. 
Remember how the Bible says that a little leaven? A little error, slight inclination to error for a few false teachers. Leaven is the whole lamp. It perverts the whole conception of faith or misleads the whole church. That's what we are. Because as years go by, the church continues to go farther and farther. Recently, I was having a conversation with some clergy people about the move of what we used to call the charismatic Pentecostal movement. And then now we have entered what you call the new Pentecostal movement. And the leaders or proponents of the new Pentecostal movement, when you watch them on television, you can see that they are throwing away the most integral parts of the gospel every other day. And what now has happened, especially in the most developed countries, in the church of Jesus Christ, the most prominent teachers or ministers of the gospel are actually counselors. They are counselors. They just tell you, oh, don't give up. Things will get better. One day. That's what they teach. But if you want to understand the dangers of neo-Pentecostals. There are certain men you will watch on TV all your life and they'll never talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'll never talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Not in discipleship class, not anywhere. Because if you teach about this gift and then you pray for this person and they don't heal, what are we to do? Do you understand? They're not crazy enough to believe God. In the first service, a woman walked here. She had broken her femur. Old lady, she said that I'm an evangelist. She came with a clutch. She said that I'm an evangelist and I'm not going back with this stick. And I started praying for her. And I prayed. And I said, let's walk. And the bone started to heal. But because she was feeling it wasn't healing as it was, she turned to me and told me, Pastor, you're joking. I must walk. Father, I thank you. And then she squeezed my arm. I just started feeling her nail going through my skin. She walked out without a cane today. <laughs> now that is the generation. Why? Because we were taught to believe God. We were taught to believe God. So the newer group of people, if you get stage four cancers or anything, you know. There's no hope, let's just pray. But it's, you understand, it's wanting. Why? Because you have not defined the foundation that this individual needs to stand on to believe God. They cannot teach prayer. They cannot teach about fasting. They can't. You watch some of our new guys who are prominent on some international station. They cannot teach about fasting. They cannot teach about consecration. Do you understand what I'm saying? They can't. They can't rebuke you out of sin. They can't. They can't. Because every day, it is now tell the people what they want to hear. You're offending us to tell me that I'm a sinner. You're offending. You see? How dare you say that I'm not a man when I feel that I'm a man? You see? I feel it. How can you say I'm not? How? You see what I'm saying? So it's, we minister to the emotions of men, but not the heart of the Father. 
And that is why in many, many ministries, the miraculous is working out. The miraculous is working out. The miracles, I'm talking about miracles. Blind eyes, deaf ears, those are things that are dying out in some parts of the world. I've been to Europe, I've been to America, I've seen it with my eyes. One time I entered a church somewhere in uh, Port Huron. And I have a word of knowledge and I said, there's a gentleman here, you're paralyzed from the West Down. God is healing you now. There's a guy, I think he'd gotten in an accident or something. And then the power of God goes through this man and immediately his bones strengthen and he walks to the pulpit. Everybody clapped their hands. And after clapping their hands, the leadership of that ministry calls me over lunch and they said, you are not welcome here and you have to go back and repent to God to forgive you because you stood in front of the pulpit and said, God heals every disease. Because I told them God heals every disease. A paralyzed man has just walked. But I'm not welcome to that church because I said God heals all diseases. You are offending people and leaving us false hope, they call it. And you're going to put us in the state of trying to perform what we don't believe happens anymore. And a guy sent me a dossier of theologies to defend his place of why healing should not happen today. I told them, you know why? Because you live in a very rich nation. You, you have never been in a state where a woman has to drive 40 kilometers to give birth. If it was in your nation, you'd learn to believe God. <laughs> yeah, because the presence of these things, the comforts of life, sometimes they tend to make us forget God. I mean, if you suffer from this, there is a drug to travel. If you go through this, but if you live where I have lived and you come from where I come from, where a man goes to Mulago and they tell him that the operation is this much and he cannot afford and he has to go back home and tell his children that what's left for me is to die, you'd learn to believe God. Somebody shout hallelujah. The problem sometimes comes in the satisfactions that come over time and the comforts that God gives us. Oh, don't think they're Ugandan that you do differently. Because I've been around long enough to see people who sought God when they had nothing. I saw them. They were students. I saw them. And the Lord prospered them and some came sick and somebody tells you from today I'm going to serve God because I'm healed of an incurable disease. Two, three, four years later, they get a big job. They got a penny, you understand? They got a hot guy and then, you know, she drives a nice car. Oh, yeah, but so, you know, I want to come, but sometimes I'm busy. You know, like the week is so busy. And so, like, I can, you know, like, <laughs> busy. What do you mean busy? I've been preaching the whole week. I'm busier than you. Somebody shout hallelujah. But the God of this world blinds us in many ways. He can even create you busy and disconnect you from what you're supposed to be doing. Whatever it takes to blind, false teaching, laxity, you know, the inability to handle blessing. I've seen people diverted because they cannot manage what God has put on their lives. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, the issue is 
not that God doesn't want to move. But there's not an opportunity for this glorious gospel to shine on the hearts of men. You see? Because of the God of this world. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse, to further prove this, at the temptation of Jesus Christ in the wilderness, if you remember the story, the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now, I want you to understand that was not a physical mountain. There's no mountain in the world that can show you all the kingdoms of the world. That must have been a spiritual. In fact, in one version, it says, in a split of second, he was carried and taken to a high what? To a high mountain. In a moment of time. One version says in a moment of time. That means he was here and boom, next is in a realm. Okay? So, those of you who say, oh, I'm going to the mountain to pray. I want you to understand that mountains, they're spiritual and they're physical understand that concept. Some of you are praying on physical mountains, but you are spiritually in a valley. <laughs> you know, people who go to prayer mountain to pray and then they come back dry, broke, sick, you understand? Like everything bad has happened to them. Huh? There must be evidence that you're a seeker. That's why Jesus says, they that seek me, seek me in spirit and in truth. We have a different mountain from where we make our pleas. It's called Zion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, you are coming to Zion. Mount Zion. The city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. Imagine where you are when you're praying. Angels are on your side. Hallelujah. To the spirits of just men made perfect. They are before you. To Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. Whose blood speaketh better things than the blood of Cain and Abraham. Vengeance. That's what we pray for. If you have not found that place, I don't care how high, you know, some of you say, I know this mountain is low. I want a mountain eh, where I just reached there. And God says, go back, my son. Now that you've reached here, everything is answered. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah. It's a mountain of covenants. It's sacred because of revelation. It's sacred because it's of spiritual vision, not physical. It's sacred because it's a positioning place. To be found of things that you could never find. Paul speaks of things which are unsearchable. Huh? And of whom I'm least of all saints. He says, was given unto me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Unsearchable, unsearchable, unsearchable. There are things that a seeker cannot find. But the position of God would be found of. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is why positioning is better than seeking. So I'm not saying we're not seekers. I'm saying seeking is second. We seek position right. First. It's like saying flying, right, is good. But direction is better than flying because it has to come first. Do you understand what I'm saying? Imagine somebody can fly, but they don't have direction. Huh? You remember the story of the locusts? Locusts don't fly only by their wings. They fly by winds. The winds blow and they carry what? Locusts. You see what I'm saying? But when the wind comes, it could find a locust already facing the direction of the wind. And some locusts are found opposite 
so the blowing it has to first flip a bit turn find direction you understand you're all in the wind but you're not all facing the same direction so it is with the way of the spirit we have people who are carried by the wings of the spirit they're being carried they are flying spiritually something is happening on their lives but they really don't have direction they're not positioned right and the result of that are glories that come with shame you understand the result of that are things that will happen to you but you cannot explain the pattern because you didn't study you were not positioned to see how one step led to another so you have successes that you can't actually impart or extend to another life because there was no direction just stumbled on things and Christ can become a stumbling block you only stumble what you don't see right vision is key you can't stumble on what you see oh somebody shout hallelujah okay let's continue so he shows him the kingdoms of this world on that mountain a certain mountain and the glory of them and then he tells them that if you will bow to me fall down and worship me i will give all of this to you my what i said earlier was wrong it wasn't true Jesus would have told Satan you're lying these kingdoms are not yours they're for my father why are you lying you see would not have been the right response Satan you're lying but if it was a lie then it would not be temptation are you following but it is true that this guy was in charge of all of these things that's why I told you once that the world is divided in kingdoms one time I was in prayer and then the Lord gave me a vision of how the world is divided i was amazed it's not according to continents and countries no that is why when you go on borders certain people have things alike with the people on other borders and the very challenges that attack people on certain borders are the very challenges that attack people on certain borders live what men drew no 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 that's not what makes nations no there's another design somewhere spiritually There's a mapping spiritually that sort of breaks the earth into different kingdoms and the leaders of those kingdoms are principalities. That's where the word principalities come from. They're not just in the district Musonga. These are the spirits that attack uh, the Teso people. No, no, sometimes it extends beyond. Sometimes it's lineage, it's many things. That's for another day. So, Satan is in church of the world this earth you're living in because it has a god the things that are never going to be fair because it's his realm and god did not ordain the christian to survive in this realm as a wrong interpretation of it you were not called to survive in this realm you were called to live above Israel. But you see, it is a hard thing to explain it to somebody who is younger. That's why earlier I told you, some struggle so much with what's in the world and the elements of this world because they do not have a relationship with God. But some, like I said, are born again, but they don't have a full understanding of where they really are. And because they don't have an understanding of where they really are, you find that the elements of the world subjugate okay they take over they put them into 
bondage. And that's what he says in Galatians chapter 4 verses 3. Paul says and testifies of himself. He says, even so when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. So we're born again. Techno, beloved of God. But they were young, the peers, not ears, mature ones. So there are three Greek words here that all mean children. But your English word, your English Bible has all of these as children. There's technon, which is the beloved of God, beloved children. Okay? Then you have the peers, which is the babies, like our little kids you see walking here. Oh, they're young, you see? And then you have the mature ones, like you guys with beards and deep voices. So spiritually also, there's a version of the mature one. When the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, so are they the sons of God. The Greek word there is the heels, the mature ones. Go there and lead babies. You can call a baby and say, come. And it goes the other side. Don't. And it just continues to do. Why? Because the brain is yet forming. The toddler is trying to construct life and even learn obedience. You see what I'm saying? So God leads the what? The mature. That's why it's important for us to mature you. Because the more mature you are, the more you are led by God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Paul says, when we were younger, we were led by the elements. We were bound under, uses the word under the elements of the world. When the mosquito bites you, you had to get malaria. When you sat next to a person with COVID, you had to get it. When somebody sent witchcraft on you, it had to catch you. But you're born again, yes. And we still have Christians who are like that. So, it's not prayer in this instance. It's supposed to be knowledge. Feed them until they mature enough to know how to stand. Are you following what I'm saying? He goes down in verses 8 and he says, same Galatians 4, how be then when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods, small g, right? They are nothing but because you did not know God, you did service to them. And that is why it takes us back, especially if you who come from the African culture, go just three generations of your family where you come from, you'll find witchcraft. After your father, just after your father or your grandfather, there's witchcraft. These are people who did service unto what they called gods, but by nature they were not gods. Some of you it is two generation. Some of you, it's one generation. Some of you, you are the generation. <laughs> Over these few years, I can say decade, seven to ten years of space, there's a new form of witchcraft that has come. Hmm? And People have learned the art of going to witch doctors. You know, we have guys who are really strong. Unfortunately, back in the day, when you talked about witchcraft, the picture that would come to the head of a person was a very old aunt. That woman, look at her. Back in the day, witchcraft was by a very old auntie or some old uncle in the village who doesn't die. But now, Witchcraft has entered 89 bonds, 92 bonds, 94 bonds. These very cute things you see walking on Kambala. They go to a guy and they say, I'm tired of poverty. I'm not going to be poor. They give them something. 
and they arrest a man. Now, I'm telling you because that kind of deliverance has increased in my counseling. These little young beautiful things that pass by. Oh, 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 oh. Some of you, you're going to reconsider dating. These things of we are going out. Eh? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, young girls are going to witch doctors and they are arresting married guys. You just hear a woman saying, the man changed. This is not the man I married. No, apostle, this is not the man I married. He just finds in the evening. <laughs> they are tired of poverty. They don't want to struggle through life. So arrest take a guy's brain. He builds your house, buys your car, does everything for you. You look at a man and you see he's actually under some power. This man is not normal. He can't do the things he's doing on it. Somebody arrested the guy. Even young boys do it. Even those ones have had my stories. Even sometimes some girls call me. A certain time back, I was dealing with a young girl. She arrested the guy who was married and tells me, Apostle, in my olden days, I tied the man. When I tell him I'm not going to talk to you and I refuse to answer his phone call in a week, he starts running mad. He'll drink, he'll do whatever thing. Guy is not alone. Now I'm born again. I want my own husband. So, is there a way you can break this thing? We started going through fire, fire, leave, go. Why? Because the condition was, I either break it or she goes to the witch doctor to undo. And as a born again Christian, she could not go. Some of you think you know what I'm talking about, but trust me, you don't. Another was a young man. He went and arrested a Muslim girl. And then the girl ran mad for him. And then the guy gets born again. Comes to Fanero. Transformed, consecrated. And the Muslim girls come following. <laughs> he sits, he sits. He gets out, he also what? She has not come for the gospel. He arrested me. <laughs> so the guy came to me and told me, Apostle, I need deliverance. It was so bad that the girl had tried to even kill herself because that's how bad when they are rejected, they even can want to commit suicide. But it was some little thing done and it wired the man. Now, hey, married men, by fire, by force, ring of fire around us in Jesus' name. These <laughs> dot com things have become crazy. So if you don't know how to guard your praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There is witchcraft in secondary schools. The number of young children running mad was not what we saw when we were growing up. Bipolar, schizophrenia, split personality disorders. Oh, people are doing things on children. Because the devil has gone to the next level. I was with my wife and they brought an eight-year, nine-year-old boy. And I was praying and the Spirit of the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I asked the boy, do you know a movie called SSS? And the boy said, I know it. It's my favorite. Prayed for the boy. That's when the boy came back to his senses. He got a demonic transaction through a movie, a TV series. 
One time I was rebuking devils out of a girl and they started speaking that they came through a Nigerian movie. I'm telling you these things are so. Some of you just seen your kids don't want to go to school. They don't want to study. They are drinking at a young age. They are rebellious and you think, ah, oh, no, it is just being like his father. No, your boy has something. And if you search, some of you realize your kids are under deep-seated witchcraft. Deep-seated. Another girl came mad one time and they brought me a child who was mad. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And I gave her a month and what happened? And the girl confirms to me that in that month, somebody slept with her. And the moment they had sex with her, the girl flipped. Bipolar. We discovered the boy was an agent. One time I was in Gosind Agent. A girl confessed that she had been a devil worshiper since she was little. And she started telling people whatever she had done to them. I just remember I entered with a man of God and I sat in the chair. And I told this, I sense a motion. I'm smelling a motion here. And God said, what? It's amazing. In that meeting, the power of God goes through this girl. She stands up and starts to confess how she has been doing witchcraft. And then she said, by the way, I'm even responsible for the abortions because I'm the one who did this and that, 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 that. You, you, you. She started pointing at six girls. I told her, stop! And she said, but your prayer secretary, because interestingly, she had also joined the Christian Union as a leader at some point. So when you say you're praying for your children, stop playing. Pray. Pray. Let the madness hold others, but not your child. Ah, 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 ah. It can touch anybody else, but not my seed. So, you did service to these things. Some of you up to now, you're born again, you're in Fanero, yes, you come every Thursday and Sunday, but there's something you can't get out of your bed. Some which doctor told you, if you remove this one, eh, you're gone. So, you're born again, but something tells you what if I Sometime a very beautiful girl came. I need an appointment. I need to bring some things for you. The girl came with bugs. <laughs> I'm tired of witchcraft. <laughs> she didn't look like the aunties. <laughs> <laughs> huh? uh -uh, she didn't look like the aunties. This was another version. <laughs> and because I needed to cover her privacy, I made sure that nobody knows that she had brought them in there. Whatever, met all the people that I was supposed to meet. Then eventually, I took my things out and I burned them privately because I need to protect her person. But when you see the photo, <laughs> you'd reconsider, especially you guys who just got dating. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is that we have done service to these things. Some of you, you know your parents very well. They are born again, like anyone you know. But they have something, it's in a sack somewhere. It's in a bed, it doesn't leave. They have a certain stick in a corner. They have a spear. Do you understand? In some things, that one, they will kill you if you remove it. They will kill you. They will kill you even though they fear God. They will kill you. You understand? They have something in back clothes. It's hidden under their bed. They have a suitcase. It has things that confuse you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, my heart is that that's where we came from and became born again. But some of us, because we stayed babes, we stayed with these elements. You see, 
we did not denounce them. Are you following what I'm saying? God, I repeat for the last time, he did not come to help you survive a wicked world. He came to elevate you above this world. Did he not say that even though you are in this world, you are not of this world? What do you think he meant? What do you think he meant? He says, but now after you have known God, or rather unknown of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements where until you desire again to be in bondage? How can you know God and still keep that thing? How can you know God and still go for the family ritual? How? It means you're taking back yourself again to bondage to the very elements God has delivered you from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you, oh, they're calling us, smile, they have rituals for twins. Don't go there. Tell them that's not me. Even if you have twins, my twins will be dedicated before God. I don't go beyond that. You know, it's family culture. What do you mean by culture? Do you know what they're doing to your babies? Some of you, they cut things when you are young and you're also cutting your babies, yet you're born again. You're taking yourself back to those elements that your great-grandfathers served you. Some of you, by your actions, you have taken your family a hundred years back or 20 years back or 30 years back by your one action. So I tell some of you, be very deliberate with everything you do, even your marriages. Because you don't know what you're doing to yourself. You think you do, but you don't. Because you could sacrifice truth on the altar of love. And Satan knew this is all he needed to take you back where you're coming from. No. Don't compromise your life because some of you don't know what this thing can do the next five, ten years. You don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. The devil does not transact for peace. No. He will look for you until he'll kill you. If he won't kill you physically, he'll kill something of you. So you don't think that you're worth enough to fight for what God has placed in your life? You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. And deaths, and then they start putting rituals over you because your father's died. Hey, stand up. Stand up and tell him no. Yes, I've lost my father, but no, 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 no. These are not things I believe in. They start putting things on your head. A silly man without a covenant starts even slapping you. And you're there. And then after that, you come to find her and say, Shuka Barade. Fire. If you came out, you came out. You're taking yourself under. That's not where you are. Nobody under me can ordain me. Nothing. It can't happen. Nobody under me can bless me. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know who can put a hand on me. Not everybody can put a hand on me. No. I'm telling you. I understand my parents. I understand the spiritual people I know. Not everybody. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But some of you, you have a witchcraft auntie. You know she does witchcraft. And then they say, pray for you. And then you put your head. No. Use wisdom. Don't offend, but say, let me come in. Uh, run away. <laughs> Not everybody should pray for you. And that's the truth. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he says in 1 Corinthians 8, 5, 
For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or earth, as there be gods many or lords many, but to us, you see, the first one, he says there be gods. Are they big or small? Small gods. And as many lords, small L. He says to us there is but what? One God, the Father, comma, of whom are all things, comma, and we, we in him. Let me ask you, how does a demon go through the Father and get to you, except you're the one who came out? Please understand what I'm saying. How can disease go through the Father and get into you, except you came out in ignorance and transacted with the world? How can poverty go through the Father? How can failure go through the Father? How can struggle or strife go through the Father? How can death go through the Father and get to you? This is a problem. Many of you are awakened to the human being you are and not the Christ being in you or in whom you are. The Bible says in him you live, move, and have your own being. That means you're more than a human being. Your being is defined in a person. It can no longer be defined without that person. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm trying to help you understand how to fight. Yes, maybe you're dealing with something, a disease or trouble or poverty. Yes, let me tell you, many of us here have things. Some of you just don't tell. Some of them, you will just walk to a doctor and they say the report and you walked out. You never told anybody, but if you were to open your mouth, it has taken so much faith for you to even be alive up to now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you have had things that were to bury you, but somehow you fought out. You just don't open your scars for men to see, but you have your scars. Are you following what I'm saying? But the fact that you're still alive, even when the devil would have wanted to kill you long ago, it is living proof that there is something keeping you. There is somebody keeping you. There is a truth preserving you that will just not allow you to die. Ali, you might not be where you want to be, but at least you're alive to hear these words. Celebrate God for that. Because every word you hear tells you God must be up to something. Why is he sending this message to me now? Why am I hearing the words I'm hearing? If COVID had taken you, would you hear this? But how many of you call that to, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, I can't. But look at you. Now you're breathing. Somebody shout hallelujah. The greater one is inside you. Performing all things for you. Yes, some of you, your bodies are not yet perfect. Sometimes you wake up and the pain comes back. You don't know what to do. Yes. But at least, at least, fight. Fight. Get the list of your promises. If you have an issue of sickness, get a list. You know me? I prepared all of those scriptures long ago. Money, health. I compelled them and I put them on some note on my somewhere. If anything just destabilizes me a bit, I open. Father, you said, Makobaradego, Shikatalapa, Rigato, and then I start speaking words upon my life. Because I'm positioning myself. And then it passes. 
And then the next person. And the next thing you know, you've made 10 years. You've not died. 20. You've not died. 30. You've not died. Do you understand? But where did it begin from? The truth. Some of you, you don't know. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's this someone's that you just come and sit in on Thursday that I've kept you up to today. On Sunday, you come and listen. The next thing you know, the body is agreeing. The body starts to agree. The issues start reconciling. Why? Because the truth is coming. To us, there is only but one God by whom are all things and we in him and one Lord. Was that a small L? That's capital. Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we by him. You know what that means? It means everything is created by him and we create and change everything by him. That means there is nothing by Christ in the Father that cannot be changed. No disease cannot be reversed. No witchcraft cannot be reversed. No juju cannot be reversed. No damage of organ cannot be reversed. Everything can be reversed. Everything can be reversed by him. Then Paul says, next verse, how be there is not in every man this knowledge. And some up to today with the consciousness of the idol, eat as unto food offered by idols and their conscience being weak, they are defiled. And when the defilement comes in your spirit, your conscience is defiled. A stupid statement will come through at night. You have pain in your lungs. The conscience is defiled. And a spiritual person say, and it goes away. Oh my God. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe it was just a, like a small thing going through to check you. Eventually, you diagonize yourself. Some of you have diagonized yourselves of diseases that don't even exist. They're not even in your body. But why? You're dealing with fear. You Google everything. Headache on the right side. Why? Because the devil gave you some suspicion of what it could be. Just says, and then try okay. By the way, so and so died, and they began with a headache and hit the phone tumor. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you. Counseling is interesting. You hear stories. You ask, why do you think you're sick of this? Because I googled. <laughs> what? I googled. But you see, fear is actually rebellion. Because fear is faith directed to what you don't want. And what's against the will of God? That's fear. It's actually faith directed to negative energy. It's faith. If you can get that very feeling and direct it to good, you'll be amazed what will happen in your life. Because the beginning of fear is the beginning of bondage. Some of you, you live in doubt all your life. You believe everything here. Yay, man, I believe. And then some sexually talk, and then you go in and believe 3001. No, no, minus. Eh? Minus degrees, eh? minus 50. You understand what I'm saying? I know somebody who fell sick once. 
Born again. I'll see it. Then one day the father comes and tells him, hey, why don't you go sit in the doctor? Because you've treated this thing for so long. Even there, God can work. I've known some who even go. You know what you've done? You're telling God, I don't belong here. You're taking yourself back to bondage. Because Satan can't heal. He can only maintain. He only maintains. So now I'm purifying your conscience by speaking the truth. Now you know. You are above all. The Bible says you are seated in Christ far above all principalities and powers. It takes so much for you to go back down. You see what I'm saying? So what is my message to you today? Stay above. Stay above. The Bible says our conversations are in heaven. Where Christ is. We are seated where he is. Far, far. The Bible used far. Above all principality, comma, and power, comma, and might, comma, and dominion, comma, and every name that is named, not only in this world, HIV, but also in the world which is to come. We are above. Stay above. Refuse to sink. Just stay above. That's where you really are. When anything comes to pull you down through thoughts and negative energy, speak, 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 speak. You know, I love this man called Smith Wigglesworth. I studied him as a teacher of faith. If I was looking for a text of faith, I have my guys. That was one of my guys. But Smith Wigglesworth said, I don't know how to relate or believe God from a feeling perspective. Very deep. He's saying, I don't know how to relate with God from feeling. In other words, he has felt sick, yet he was healed. You understand what I'm saying? A wonderful man of God gave a story of his mother. His mother was sick and uh, she was suffering from depression. Lost the father and many things. So bad, bad depression. She was a student suicidal. She was dealing with suicide, depression. And then he takes this lady to a doctor who happens to be a Baptist doctor. And the doctor tells her that we have all the medicine we can give you to deal with depression. But the greatest thing that you can ever do for yourself is to learn to use your mouth and refuse to be depressed. This man was Kenneth E. Hagen. He says his mother went back home and every day she woke up and said, I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be. He said the mother spoke it and spoke it and spoke it until she gained sanity and she died the same woman. This tongue was saying, I'm not sinking. That's the language. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be sick. Devil, you're lying. I will not die. This is not me. I know that I'm okay in the name of Jesus because the Bible says that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my name. I refuse. 
refuse to be sick because by his stripes I was healed. I refuse this thing. If it increases, you also what? Hey! I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be sick in Jesus' name. I refuse to be sick. My heart, get to order. My lungs, get to order. You start to speak to your body. I refuse these bones to be weak. You joints, get to order. You joints, I refuse you to be sick. If it hardens, you... The devil fights hard, but he cannot fight long. He can fight hard, but he cannot fight long. At one point, he'll say, you know what? Let me let go of the woman. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to address some issues. Speak to yourselves. Say, I refuse my marriage to fail. I refuse my children to fail. I don't fall sick. Greater is he which is in me than he which... Those are the things you should speak. I'm a success. I will never regress in the name of Jesus. Progress is my story. Come on, speak. Come on, open your voice. And pray. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears. I'm no longer slave to fear. You're my child of God. I'm no
you're here and you've never given your life to Christ where are you are you above or under this is the time for you to say I am tired 
I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're there, just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins. And you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.